This episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast was recorded before the racially motivated shooting in Buffalo on May 14, 2022, where 10 people were killed and three others were injured. Our hearts go out to those affected by this senseless act of violence. This is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is the Outlaw. And we are back with a new episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. You can always catch me, JJ Outlaw, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter. Make it easy enough for you. <laughs> I'm always on the gram, as the kitties say, at Gourmet Goober. And every episode, I am here with my best bud, my main dude, that squeeze, <laughs> that fresh squeeze. <laughs> Yeah, my lemon, <clears throat> my lemonade. You're living fresh. <laughs> lemon fresh. Lemon fresh. What do I look like? Pledge. <laughs> my hubby, aka T Outlaw. How's it going? I uh, think it's going well. <laughs> mm. Every so often, I say things to like shock you. Yeah. <laughs> or at least surprise you on mic, and you're just like, I don't know where this is going. Yeah, you can find me <laughs> popping fresh. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that. On social media at T Outlaw, that would be on Twitter, T O U T L A W, I can spell, and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. Yes. You can always see us um, anytime checking out old episodes, recipes old past media events you can sign up for our newsletter which is coming Woo-hoo! um at gourmet at the gourmet and you can drop us a line anytime at the at gmail.com if you're on facebook which i highly advise you not to be for many reasons they're hella problematic but you know if you want to check us out when you're looking up your mama and them then just go to the Gourmet Goober blog because, as you guessed it, we start off as a blog first. Mm, yeah, because <laughs> your mom was doing dirt on Facebook. <laughs> well, not my mom. My mom hates social media. She thinks it's like the devil's handiwork. Don't put my name on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> That's your family. Yes. So we want to thank everyone for listening. And I am super excited because... This is sort of a special episode for a number of reasons. The main thing is that we decided to do something a little bit different. So if you're like a regular listen to the show, and we're glad if you are, if you're new, hey, how's it going? Um, We usually um, divide our show into three segments. 
The first segment we affectionately call How Was Your Week, where we talk about our week, right? And share with our listeners things that have happened that are significant with our lives since the last time you heard from us. Um, the second segment is What's Eating Us, and that's when we get in the crux of what our show is about, um, the intersection of food and pop culture. And then the last segment is usually where we excitedly share the best thing we ate this week. So the first segment, we usually go individually first, but we decided to do something a little differently because this week, or this past week rather, we celebrated our 17th wedding anniversary. That's right, 17 years, (laughs) 17 years. Yes, (laughs) I can't believe it. And just to kind of give you guys a heads up, um, for those of you who may be new to the show, first of all, yeah, we are married. <laughs> so For 17 years. <laughs> if you haven't yet guessed that, we're husband and wife. You know, maybe the last name kind of was a clue, but yeah. Um, and we've actually been together longer than that. It was so funny. I forget who we were talking to. Oh, wait, I think it was the woman at dinner because we went to dinner to celebrate on our day of... Um, yeah, we were explaining that we are married 17 years, we dated for six years, so technically we were together for 23 years, and then we were best friends since 93, so we worked it out that next year, oh my god. We'll be ancient. Next year, it'll be 30 years that we've been in each other's lives. Think about it. Almost 30 years. Our entire, entire adult, adult life. life. <laughs> In some form or fashion, you have been here, and vice versa. You seen me when I have had hair. <laughs> you seen me when I was sm- slightly smaller. <laughs> I'm the same size as I was in college. <laughs> and that's depressing. <laughs> okay. I'm wearing the same size jeans. Maybe I'm not exactly the same size. <laughs> I am not wearing the same size, but you know what? It's okay. It's more to me to love. Mm. I have determined that I am not plus size. I am juicy, and I'm owning that. Yeah, you are thicker than a snicker. That's true. (laughs) So, (laughs) we thought it might be cool because we we, um, can certainly share the details of our week. But since a lot of what happened is, like, tied to um our anniversary um we'll we're going to focus the bulk of the segment on that yeah we also just didn't want you to, like hear another story about our, our pets well that's overkill including the doggy producer i mean we have to talk about the doggy producer no we really don't not he's every, the producer of the show not every episode <laughs> okay not every episode and to be clear we had other things that happened since we were on my glass that wasn't tied to the anniversary. Like, for example, and I think we'll talk about it later, um, Freddy the 13th hit, and I'm a huge horror fan. Um, so we had a chance. Uh, maybe we'll address it later on the episode, but I got these fabulous Freddy the 13th cupcakes from my favorite cupcake place in the whole world, Designer Desserts. They have, like, little Jason um, hockey masks on them. They're great. And every year they do a new one. Like, I didn't they have, like, one where you stab it and, like, 
jam came out of it like blood. It was great. I'm I'm a twisted person in that regard. You were you or were you not? Speaking of seventeen years of marriage, yes. On your wedding day, weren't you watching horror movies? Yeah, I was. I was binge watching horror movies. I actually watched Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> and I also saw. Oh my God! It was a Saturday we got married. So yeah. And everyone, I apologize because I thought I put my phone on. Do not disturb. So that was me. Um, but yeah, I was binge watching horror movies the day we got married. And then my mom made me switch to, because my mother was horrified. And she was like, isn't that like bad luck to watch like slasher films before you got married? And then I pointed out that Gothica was not a slasher film. And then she didn't like that. So I wound up watching this People magazine like special they had on celebrity weddings. And this is true, with the exception of one couple, our marriage outlived all of them. So take that, Star Jones. <laughs> Just as long as I'm not Al Reynolds, that's good. Do you remember the one couple that made it? Sadly, I don't want to talk about it, but it was Orange Julius and his latest wife. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to discuss that. <laughs> Wow. Yes. (laughs) And I am not going to say his name because he's like Voldemort. He's he should not be named. But yeah, I did do that before our anniversary. And. But here's the thing. So the other day I was going through my email for something and I found this really cool um, recording that we actually taped. Um, as a request of another podcast that sadly is not in production now, but it was a really brilliant show. It was called The Relation Sips Podcast. Shout out to Claire D. She had a really great show about black love and um, all the nuances for that. So um, if you guys can go back and listen to the show, you certainly can. She couldn't afford that H. It's releasing sips. It's with wine. Sips. It's a play on words. You didn't know that? I'm slow on the come up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All this time, you never knew. No, I did not. <laughs> well, anyway, Claire reached out and she asked some podcasters to share the story behind their relationship. And we were actually one of the ones that were selected. It was actually pretty cool. And so she did this like long-term... Or no, it was like this short um, form audio play where, you know, our interview was intermixed with other people's interviews as well. Um, But I thought it might be cool to like play the audio of what we asked, we were asked, and sort of share that. Because I think, particularly for new listeners, it kind of gives the crutch of who we are as a couple. Plus, I also found it fascinating that we recorded that before the pandemic (laughs) and being sheltered in place for so long with someone because you learn a lot about someone if you're like in the house with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week working from home. I I, I think (laughs) if anything, that really made our relationship even weirder and better. (laughs) <laughs> if the case may be. 
Yeah. <laughs> mm, secrets. So what we're going to do, um, like I said, we're going to do this segment a little bit different. So we'll play the video. I mean, we're, I keep saying video. Obviously, the there's no video. We're going to play the audio. And then we will chat a little bit afterwards as well. One thing I do want to mention before we go into the rest of the segment here um, is that I know that for listeners for last week, I mentioned the new Doctor Strange film, right? And Big Daddy and I did see it. And I was on the Act Right program. He's laughing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I, I, I liked how the tone kind of changed. As soon as she mentioned Doctor Strange, it was like, <gasps> I get excited talking about you two. I just see you every day. <laughs> but all of a sudden, Doctor Strange shows up. And her, like, yeah, her mood changed within... With the quickness. I see how this goes. <laughs> well, you know how I feel about Bitter Take Cumberbatch. So, I wasn't that excited. Yes, you were. <laughs> that said. Um, I know we had promised on the last episode that we'll talk about it in a future episode. This will not be that episode. One, because the movie just came out. And one of the things that I solely was pissed off about the movie was there were so many spoilers out there. Like, there's a segment of the movie that took the joy away from the moment because it tried as I bite and I tried avoiding social media and everything. And I accidentally had it spoiled. Oh, okay. So I don't want to be that person who spoils it for someone else. So we won't chat about it. Um, but on the next episode, we'll talk about it. And in two, I'm a total Marvel nerd and I could go all day. Blurred. <laughs> and I don't want to take away from this the spirit of the segment. So yes. I will be a good girl and not mention it. Today. Today. <laughs> but next podcast yeah it's on it's on and popping as the young geeks kids say <laughs> okay so we're gonna take a quick second we'll play the video and oh yo why do i keep saying video <laughs> clearly there's no video and if even there was this is a podcast so you can't see it <laughs> yeah think about it in your mind <sighs> Take our faces and put them on a video of like, I don't know, like a TikTok video back and forth and imagine what, you know, is being played. Oh, no, not TikTok. I have tried TikTok, y'all. <laughs> Once again, showing our age. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick um, sec. I'll play the segment now and then we will chat about it when we come back. Hi, everyone. My name is JJ Outlaw. And my name is T. Outlaw. <laughs> and we're the co-hosts of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Um, so how long have we been together? That's like a good question. How long have we been together? As friends or <laughs> as in a relationship? You know, we've been best friends since 1993. Um, 
And I would say we've been, what, a couple for almost 20 years? It'll be a 20 years. Wow, it'll be 20 years since May or anniversary. Yes. Yeah, because we did it for six and we, five or six years. <laughs> and we have been married since 2014. 2005. <laughs> yeah, it's 2005. <laughs> We've been together so long, we don't even know. <laughs> There's no we. <laughs> Apparently. I know my marriage date. <laughs> it's apparently it's me. Yes. So, do you remember how we met? Okay, that part I absolutely positively do not know. I happen to remember how we met. We met in college. Um, we both went to Ball State University. Um, it's kind of a funny story because our roommates went out on a date. And, and we were each other's wing person. Yes. <laughs> So, I don't know what persuaded you to go, but I was persuaded to go because our, the date was at Ben and Jerry's and I wanted some chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. And I remember specifically that we got into an argument over who was the best basketball player. And you were like a Michael Jordan fan and I was loyal to Reggie Miller. And you insulted Reggie Miller. And I just remember thinking, I never want to see this clown again. How dare he? And then the next year I wound up being your RA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you became my resident assistant. <laughs> and at first, I wasn't sure how I felt about you as a person because you were a Reggie Miller fan, but you also were you were an adorable person back then and still are. <laughs> yeah, I liked even though you're a Bulls fan. Yes, I followed the <laughs> rings. <laughs> So, do you remember our biggest fight, actually? Our biggest fight? Once again, uh, oddly enough, it was about basketball. basketball. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a loving <laughs> basketball type situation, but we were fans of our respective teams and a basketball period. But our fervency for basketball <laughs> was started our biggest fights. Actually, I, I do remember that fight because... It was in what? It was, I think it was in 1996. <laughs> We've been together forever, y'all. But it was in 1996. And it was when the Bulls was on that historic 72 win run. And the only team that beat the Bulls twice was the Pacers. And I called and I talked smack to you. And you didn't want to talk to me for a couple of days. Yeah, did I hang up on you? You hung up on me. And we stopped talking to each other to the point where our friends had to negotiate us getting back together. We had to negotiate a very deep <laughs> truce. <laughs> so <laughs> we try to live to those rules to this day where we we have to treat each other with respect when our teens play each other. I don't know how much we adhere to that because it turns out we're also opposite fans on the baseball spectrum too but you know what not everyone's perfect yes apparently she keeps picking the wrong sides <laughs> hey i picked the winner it was your fault <laughs> <clears throat> we win eventually all we do is win 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 no matter what <laughs> anyway what would you say we love most about each other <laughs> what do we love the most about each other yes well the best way i can explain it is we are both flawed people. 
we accept our flaws. And the reason I love the gourmet goober is the person is because she loves me despite my flaws. She accepts my flaws. She respects my flaws. And she will feed my flaws some days. But the most important thing is that she is my best friend, my best foe, (laughs) and she's cute. Wow. I would have to say the thing I love most about P is the fact that he is truly my best friend. And as you can imagine, in over 20 years, um, there's been ups and downs in our lives. And he's always been the voice of reason. He's always been there to make me laugh. He's there to hold my hand when I'm scared. Um, At the end of the day, there's no better person to be with. And even though he's a Bulls fan, and I can't convert him no matter how hard I try, (laughs) he is truly... um, the butt to my Rudy. <laughs> my name is Kenny. <laughs> Your name is Bud. <laughs> <laughs> Roll with it. But yeah, we basically are old souls in somewhat young bodies. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> yeah. That's our story and we're sticking to it. That's our story and we're sticking to it. Okay, so first we want to thank the amazing Clara D of the Relationships podcast for allowing us to record that segment. And again, that segment, I think, was recorded, what, before the pandemic, I know that much. Like, I think 2019, 2020? Yes. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, It was definitely cool to look back um, since, again, we recorded that before the pandemic hit. So just listening to that segment, and I know that was the first time that you had heard it in a while. Um, do you have any thoughts or anything you want to add? Like, how weird was that hearing us talk about us? Am I that, like, very, like, my drawl? Just, am I just that wooden? I didn't think you were wooden, but here's the thing. It was funny because we listened to it as well just now and you were telling me you sound like greg from avid avid elementary and i looked at you like you are greg from avid elementary (laughs) that scene where greg talks about all the food he would like to eat i remember we were watching that and i looked at you like you wrote that didn't you (laughs) one of the good things about our marriage is that the gourmet goober has Actually, this entire podcast is basically based upon the (laughs) fact that I started off my marriage not eating a lot of different things at all. I was very rigid in my military-like standing with food. And throughout the years of my marriage, like, my standards have... We're just going to say I opened up my food capacity a little bit more. Phone is possessed. I'm so sorry. That said, the military standards of your food, as you were saying that, okay, all right. I'm going to paint a picture for those of you who've seen the movie Toys and LL Cool J's character in Toys. That is all you need to know about Big Daddy. And obviously, the podcast has different 
meanings as well, besides convincing you to eat other food. But if you've seen the movie Toys, there's this really hilarious scene. And it came out when we were in college, remember? Yes. And you told me you were like him then. That should have been my first clue, y'all. But there's this scene where LL Cool J goes um, to lunch with Joan Cusack. And the commissary. And the commissary. And he he's upset because, like, the mashed potatoes touch something on his plate. <laughs> and he's, like, he's a military man, and he likes military food, and he likes everything separate. Yeah, dividers. <laughs> and should, dividers, and they shouldn't touch. <laughs> now, see, that should have been my first hint. So years later when I found out that you didn't eat gumbo with rice in the gumbo. I eat, that was terrifying for once me. Once again, like, let's, just, that? let's just clarify. <laughs> I eat gumbo. <laughs> I eat the gumbo mix. And I eat the rice. But let's just say that they didn't always get eaten. Like even with shrimp creole. I, sometimes I would eat the, the creole. I'll eat the shrimp. And the rice. But let's not say that they all... Are eating together at exactly in one bunch. It's hella disturbing, y'all. Yeah, I, I have separatism really issues. <laughs> and I'm not sure if I would have married you if I knew that then. <laughs> but <laughs> as the as as the world turns, the as the audio just said, you know, we love each other despite our flaws. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> so, looking back, is there anything else you want to add? <laughs> the pandemic was a trip, y'all. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything, like, magical. I mean, uh, after 17 years, I guess one of the things that has popped in for me and I sorry, popped up in my head was the concept that as as we said a little earlier, we are old souls and young bodies, somewhat young bodies. Now we're, you know, old souls and older bodies. <laughs> but for the most part, basically the same. Um, sometimes you just have to understand that life is short and you have to enjoy things as they come as opposed to always thinking of what I can and cannot do and I think that's the thing is that I'm trying to work on um, my evolving relationship with the goober and to enjoy the simple things yeah I, I have to say that I'm still surprised at learning things about you even after all this time you know, big things like <laughs> when I see you try something that I've never seen you try before. Little things. Well, I guess it's not little things about, for example, realizing how you truly see purple rain. <laughs> Wait, what? Purple rain? Okay. I, I. You don't have to share what you got me. But for his anniversary present... Because we both love Prince. There's this immersive thing that's opening up in Chicago. Next month, it's called Prince the Immersive Experience. So it's this, like, incredible 
um, project that's put together by a Chicago-based company in Paisley Park, where you can experience the Purple One in various ways. And we're both big Prince fans. And one of the things that we were talking about just the other day when I gave him the gift was I reminded Big Daddy that we both love Purple Rain, but he and I do not see the movie diff- the same way. I see it, like most people see it, where it's a movie about Prince. You see it as <laughs> the time. It's the good guys of the movie. <laughs> Prince is the bad guy. <laughs> I forgot who the, uh, the person was that had the the listing of Purple Rain as such where this mar- this marvelous funk band was upstaged by... This a- petulant. I'm sorry, yes, it was a petulant upstart, you know, who had daddy issues. And I was like, you know what? And we were together for several... Over, over a decade before I realized that's how you watched the movie and how you saw it. And I was like, dude... I, I, I'm not really sure if I would stay with you if I knew that sooner. <laughs> uh, so, again, it is possible to learn something about your partner all these years later. But that's that's actually a great thing because that means that you don't fall into a rut and that you're always looking forward for the next thing. I think the other thing I'm sure that has evolved in our marriage that drives the goober craziest effect is sometimes... I have what I call slightly contrarian thoughts. Not so much saying that I disagree with everything, but just I sometimes, to be objective, like I have to look at contrarian thinking, and it drives her up the wall. Well, like I said, no one's perfect, which is why you cheer for Phyllis. I know secretly I'm a youngly restless, and I do not. What's wrong with that? That's an example of your contrarian thinking. I mean, more than soap operas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's an inside conversation that we've been having recently. We don't need to let y'all in on everything. Yeah, the, I mean, soap operas, yeah. Like I, <laughs> That's the fun part about them is that, yes. Also, yes, I have watched, I watched soap operas from like age 10 to, you know, as I am older now. Well, but, clearly I watch it too. I referred it to it. Right. I just liked it that you plan your classes around it when we were in college. <laughs> I plan my work schedule around it. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that it's cool that we st- still feel the same after the pandemic, which was a test, I'm sure, of a lot of couples, but more so because we live together, obviously. We have our individual work schedules and projects that we do, but we come together for the goober. And it was really nice listening to that video. So, again, I cannot thank Claire enough for allowing us to do that project and for the listeners to allow us to indulge and um, share it with you. Because I don't think that's something that I played for the listeners before. So, yeah. Um, What do you think has been the best part of us being together all these years? That there are people in the rest of the world that, I don't know, hasn't been, are not affected by me. (laughs) What? So what, my job is to keep you from other people? Yes. Okay. Basically, yes. 
think about what I, I could unleash upon the world if you had not, like, you know, gotten me to, like, calm down. Okay. Um, no. Uh, what? Not sure how to handle that one. <laughs> no, things I know now is that, yeah, things I have learned is, you know, it. sometimes you just have to understand that, you know, I, I see more and more of, like, you know, the, like, how our parents... Uh, relative, like our parents' relationships, how they evolved and grown over the years. And I think our relationship, as I'm starting to see it now, is growing and evolving. As you said, like, you know, as you see things, like I'm changing slightly and you're changing slightly. Is that, yeah, like I can see that how, like, our parents' relationships evolved. Our relationship is evolving. But that's a good thing, though, right? Yeah, it's a good thing. Well, I have to say that I still feel the same as I did when I left the podcast. Um, Or not the podcast, but the recording that we did back then about how you still are my best friend. And at the end of the day, there's no one else that I would feel more blessed I can imagine feeling more blessed to be with even certain gen- English gentlemen who have glorious purposes mm-hmm. <laughs> nope <laughs> not gonna talk about that all jokes aside though seriously thank you for just um yeah just thank you for just being that person who's always there I will introduce this though in relative in relation to the pandemic, I will say that one of the biggest things I have learned is about security and insecurity is like knowing who has your back. That is one of the biggest things I have learned in terms of relationships not only with the goober but also other people as you've seen things in the last five i'm sorry in the past two to five to ten maybe longer years you learn the people that you keep in your inner circle who are i guess you would say like in lockstep with you that will not only be your friend um your lover, your wife, you know, your family. There's, There was a difference, I know, and the Goober can explain it better, about the difference between being an associate, an advocate, um, and an accomplice. And that's the thing, like, you got to know who's willing to be, like, you know, the Beyonce to your Jay-Z. Um, who basically is willing to drive the getaway car. And that's the thing, like, you got to know who has your back. And I think that's the, one of the truest forms of what I have learned in the last few years is knowing who will be that person. And I would like to believe that the person sitting next to me is that person. I don't know if I would call it Beyonce the Jay-Z because we don't have that kind of money yet. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. And you're still the Rudy to my bud. My name's Kenny. <laughs> Your name is Bud. My name's Kenny. <laughs> anyway. So we're going to take a break, Bud. <laughs> and when we come back, we will talk about three stories that cross the intersection of food and pop culture. You are listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We will be right back. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here with some fantastic news that I couldn't wait to share. The Gourmet Goober podcast will be launching our first official newsletter this fall. Appropriately called Gooberland, it'll be your place to find interviews, recipes, and other exclusive content just for our readers. Sign up now to be a part of its launch again in fall 2022. You can do so by clicking at the link in the show notes, or you can visit us at thegourmetgooper.com and sign up there. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. I'm JJ Outlaw. And I am T Outlaw. And we are back with the second segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. That's when we talk about the three segments that kind of make us think um, and perfectly encompass that intersection of food and pop culture called What's Eating Us. This week, we have three hilarious stories. <laughs> Well, I find them hilarious anyway. <laughs> anyway, that we couldn't help um or couldn't wait rather to share it with everybody. So this first story actually is kind of like a continuation of something that we had talked about before on a previous podcast. And that is Crocs. No, not no Crocs. <laughs> yes, yes. And I know what you're thinking. Crocs, right? I mean, First of all, let me just make a statement. The gourmet goober is not belittling Crocs in any way, even though she chooses not to wear them, because I I find them confusing. No, let me be the one who <laughs> who berates Crocs. Big Why? Daddy does not like Crocs. No, those are the those things are the devil. The okay, not the literal devil. I I, I don't know who came up with that concept, <laughs> but that's for people who gave up. Dang. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that offline because clearly we're not going to get Crocs as a, a sponsor of the show. Yeah, no kidding. Plus, need I remind you that some of our favorite chefs and people wear Crocs. Not counting Mario Patali because that whole thing with him in the restaurant is kind of creepy. But everybody else, you know, we've known quite a few foodies we admire who wear Crocs. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I once saw my boss or <laughs> former boss like wearing Crocs in the office and I I, I, t I had to tell him to his face, no, and that was quite unprofessional. Wow. Yeah, I I had I told him straight to his face, I'm like, no, I can't rock with you, bro. <laughs> no. Well, okay, so clearly the target market, uh, the target audience, rather, for this next story is not you. No. And this is the fact that Crocs is continuing their partnership that they started some time ago, which we talked about in the show, um, between Crocs and a food-related company. In that case, it was KFC. 
now Crocs is actually launching a partnership with General Mills and Foot Locker to create cereal themed Crocs. Why? Because <laughs> some people want to rock that cinnamon toast crunch on their feet. No, they don't. <laughs> they really, really don't. All right. Well, check this out. The company teamed up, according to USA Today, to design both classic and altering. Wait, they have altering Crocs? What the hell is altering Crocs? I, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> but you can get these clogs um, designed with um, gibbets, as they call them, little charms, that um, is either in the style of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Tricks, Honey Nut Cheerios, and Cocoa Puffs. There are so many jokes I want to write, but, <laughs> but why, why? The shoes will retail anywhere between $45 and $70. And they will, like I said, come with the gibbets. That's the charms um, that are shaped like berries, cereal logos, and sugar or cinnamon toast squares. Right now, the only ones you can find in the store are Foot Locker, Kids Foot Locker, Champ Sports, and East Bay. And they come in men's and kids sizes only. The other flavors will hit the shelves in July. Now, I don't know if they smell like the cereal. I sincerely <laughs> hope they do not. However, um, this was a partnership that they announced last week, and it follows a partnership um, regarding, like I said, the Kentucky Fried Chicken one. Remember the one where they had giant pieces of chicken gibbets? <laughs> So you literally look like a bucket of chicken on your feet. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking of yeah, I, I harken back to the that story and I think about like, you know, chicken grease like, you know, coming out of it, there are too many like horror movies coming from this that I envision, but yeah, this this I guess this serial thing almost sounds like something that Jerry Seinfeld would be involved in. Oh, snap. Apparently, they also had a partnership in the past with Hidden Valley Ranch. Oh, no. So you can get a ranch. No. <laughs> okay. Everyone knows I love ranch, okay? We have a whole episode where we talked about the magic of ranch, okay? Growing up in the Midwest, ranch is kind of like the de facto condiment. <laughs> Okay. It's we put it on pizza. We eat it with carrots. The de facto salad dressing? <laughs> yes. You put it on salad. It's salad dressing. It's a dip. It's it's ranch, right? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but what type of ranch? Well, if you're like wrap snacks and the Migos, they, all of their snacks with a touch of ranch. It's my dream to meet the Migos because they get me. <laughs> Offset you and you guys with the Tetra Ranch. Y'all get me. But I don't want to know my shoes. <laughs> I agree. So, okay. I, I guess asking this first question is going to be kind of hard for you. Ask nicely. <laughs> Would you consider wearing a pair of cinnamon toast? Oh, no, no, no. Honey Nut Cheerios. Because you can get down with a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Would you wear it on your shoes? Would you wear it with your Crocs? <laughs> <laughs> if 
you guys can see his face. Okay. There's a there's an A before there's a chicken before an egg. Okay. Or an egg before a chicken. So like I guess my my question really should be like if a cereal brand became involved with a sneaker brand, would I wear it? Possibly. So yeah, if it was cool. like a pair of like Air Jordan Crocs or Air Jordans with cereal. Yes. Okay. A you had Jordan brand, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, uh, Bila. You can, yeah, pretty much Under Armour. If they got involved with, uh, with you know, making sneakers that were, you know, in co coercion, collusion with cereal. Yeah, I would, I would probably give it a go now, you know, with varying results. But... I think you pretty much stop, like, the door closes directly at the crock name. <laughs> like, right then and there, I'm like, I'm out. So you're not offended by wearing, you're not at all offended, right, about wearing the bowl of cereal. It's just the Crocs. Yes. <laughs> like, I am not a person who wears, like, sandals or flip-flops or anything like that but i would oh god I'm, I'm starting to hurt here yeah i would rather wear sandals that have a relation to cereal than crocs yeah. I, I can't but the better question really should be would you involve yourself in this chicanery okay i i gotta say <sighs> take a breath Think about it. <laughs> Woosa. <laughs> yes. Get it out. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I'm confused by Crocs just on GP. Because I, I, I don't... I've worn clogs before. I love clogs. Right? When I was a little girl, clogs was kind of my thing. They were functional. You can wear them. If someone gets on your nerves, you can throw them at them like a chicleta and knock the hell out of them if they're wooden clogs. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> clogs are style in a weapon. I grew up in a rough neighborhood, yo. Apparently so. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. <laughs> but they didn't have holes in them. They weren't plastic. Like, I don't get the whole idea behind clogs. I mean, Crocs. I don't. I don't at all. Um, so I would not wear them no matter what's on them. But you know what? If given a choice between wearing Crocs, like if someone said, look, the fate of the world depends on you wearing these shoes, okay? I know you don't like them, but just humor us. Thanos is going to come back. He's going to snap everyone in, ex out of existence. You know, the Doctor Strange baddie is going to come and get y'all. The only thing that's saving you is you're going to have to put on a pair of Crocs. In those situations, because I'm a super nerd, I would wear the Crocs. But even then, if between the cereal Crocs and the ranch Crocs, I'm offended fundamentally as a human being, down to my soul. I don't care who, who was rocking them, sweetie. Yeah, it's rapper Sweetie was their mas or their spokesperson for the Ranch Crocs. But you were better off with the mascot discussion. <laughs> no offense to Sweetie, but nah, no Ranch Crocs 
just offends me to my my very soul. So if if in a situation where it was literally life or death, and the only way I can think that would actually happen is if Thanos was real and he came after you, then yes, to save your life, I would wear a pair of cereal Crocs. But other than that, no. <laughs> okay. Good to know. So as for Tea Outlaw. Okay, apparently I can't snap my fingers but quick enough, but snap me. I, so, I can't do it. So you're just like, look. Deuces. JJ's just going to have to die. <laughs> Dang. Yes. I love you too. <laughs> it was a good show. So, so far since we started the podcast, I have learned <laughs> that if it came down to a bobcat, or force you the word Crocs. I'm just gone. Also, the alligator. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> and I definitely wouldn't pay forty five to seventy dollars for them. That's insane. Better go find the Walmart brand, <laughs> especially with something with holes in it. I'm like, better get some older use up in, them, in that piece. Well, I. I understand that one of the reasons why people wear them is you're not it's 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 supposed to be like effective for limiting foot odor but you know there's like dr shoals powder for that you don't have to like stoop down to that level to wear them but let me ask a question is there anything they could add like what do you think okay let me change that up a bit what do you think their next partnership would be i'm i'm seeing reese cups I, I'm just thinking for Halloween, they're just going to have, like, a giant Reese cup themed crock. I'm sorry. All I can think of is craft uh, single cheese. That is the single most disgusting thought I've ever had. And the idea of crocks <laughs> involved in anything gives me the same exact feeling that you're you're getting right now. <laughs> Sorry, you see where my, my borderline goes. All you listeners out there who like Crocs, we're very sorry. We're not. No. We're, we're no, not the looking to Goober is sorry. <laughs> we don't want to shut down our listeners. No. Once again, the opinions of T Outlaw, Chelsea Wells. Does not reflect the opinions of the Gourmet Goober, the Gourmet Goober podcast, Plum Good Media, or Gooberland, the newsletter. Yeah, if if you're a croc lover, <laughs> yeah, um, good to know. <laughs> That's it. Well, hopefully you'll have a better response to our next story. Because this is something that just tickled me to no end. And it's recording Chicago. Chicago's latest and greatest marking tool. Tap water. <laughs> Tap water. Tap water. Now, wait a minute. First of all, let's get it straight now. This is Chicago, so we have to say it with a Chicago accent. Okay, hold on a second. I'm, now I'm you, intrigued. No, no, no. I was going to ask you to do it because I actually don't have a Chicago accent. You don't have a Chicago accent. No, but you do it really well, like the brats and the socks. And... 
Okay, so just because I grew up like a, close to Chicago, <laughs> so a Chicago accent. Okay, let me first of all just take a step back. I really don't have any accent, and that's because you have an accent. Uh, I I can't quite well, take it though. The accent has come out in the last couple of years. But remember when you first met me? Okay, I'm old enough, you guys, that when B- T Outlaw and I met, and I think we mentioned the last segment. We met in college, right? When we met, I was studying broadcast journalism. And it used to be that if you had an accent, they actually had you take classes to try to eliminate them as much as possible. Because the whole idea is if you're on camera, back in the day, the thought was that you had to fit in no matter where in the country they were watching you. Now, that's changed. So you youngins might have noticed when you turn on the TV, you hear people with like a Southern accent or what have you who are like on national news programs. But that wasn't the case back in the day. So to be fair, I don't really have any accent. I mean, I've had people who approach me and they're like, where are you from? And part of that is because I took that class. But yeah, you do it much better than I do. So it's Chicago. <laughs> See, it sounds like I'm quacky. Chicago. See, there you go. <laughs> I didn't know I popped that off. Okay, okay, Chicago. There you go. I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, go go see the Sox, the Cubs, the White Sox. You know, you get a couple brats. Yeah, you you hang out. I See? I didn't know that was an accent. See, there you go. <laughs> you know, you, you know the Bears type things. I. I and it comes out of you so naturally. That's the thing. It's just ridiculous when I say it. No uh, bears. Know, I have a couple of Polishes. It's not a big thing. <laughs> so anyway, Chicago is the latest um, from Mayor Lightfoot and the city of Chicago. It's their own brand of water sourced from the expansive freshwater, um, freshwater body that is Lake Michigan. <laughs> and it's okay. processed through the city's water treatment plants. So in other words, it's canned tap water. So they're going to do a limited run of Chicago. <laughs> That'll be packaged and plans featuring six colorful designs created by local artists, from a hot dog on a boat to a depiction of Chicago's historic water tower. And according to the Chicago Tribune, they'll start availing this um, beginning in the beginning of May. The cans will actually be given away for free all throughout the summer, and then you can get them in places such as the Wiener Circle and Manny's Delicatessen. Now, it's important to note that it's only going to be offered for a limited time, and according to the website that came up from it, it actually was canned um, in a local brewery, and it was sanctioned by Mayor Lightfoot. It's sort of a way to support... Um, Lake Michigan, rather, as a viable source of hydration for the city. And I love it. If you go and check out the campaign, you can see it now at (laughs) drinkchicago.com. Okay. So, of course, I'll put the links of it into the show notes. I love its Instagram page where it simply says, this water ain't from an exotic island or from some fancy glacier. It's from Chicago. This is a walking stereotype right now. (laughs) 
Now, I do have to say the cans are really beautifully designed. And it does reflect a lot of the great street art that makes Chicago unique. Um, so what do you, what do you have to, what do you think? Would you, <laughs> what do I think? Would you be rushing out to get your latest can of Chicago? Chicago. <laughs> As a novelty? Sure. Yeah, I would. Um, curiosity, maybe. Yeah, I would, I would probably, you know, just to support. Chicago and the arts and the creative form and you know format of being able to put together. Yeah, I, I I'm intrigued by the fact they wanted to see if this would you know if this would you know bounce against the wall and like you know stick. Yeah, I would try it once, twice, but um, seriously, it's tap water. And as a person who has grew up his entire life, like. Around Lake Michigan, <laughs> I have seen the things that have that have come out of that lake. I know the the random things and the random fish that have like come up like you know, like you know upside down. So um, once again, it's tap water. And this is probably you know Mayor Lightfoot's way of telling you to like drink the tap water and stay home. You know. Don't get, no, don't bring it, no, your, your dirty little selves into the city. Now, you know, it's funny that you should say that about, you know, stuff coming out of Lake Michigan. Oh, boy. Because to be fair, according to The Guardian and other sources, <laughs> Mayor Lightfoot has been criticized for launching this campaign, mainly because of the fact, unfortunately, there has been issues with lead pipes um, delivering toxic um, access to water to homes throughout the Chicagoland area. In fact, there was one person who um, is this, this is a quote from Gina Ramirez and she is over the Chicago office of the national resource defense council, where she said that we need less Chicago and more political will to get the lead out of our drinking water. And she notes that an estimated, and this is insane, 400,000 homes in Chicago still have lead lines delivering water from the street. She goes on to say that so many people in my community buy bottled water because they just don't trust their taps. So that is true. And I, I think maybe it might be interesting, um, although they are giving it for free, maybe even rationing, rationing off some of this in order to use that money to repair, you know, the lead um, pipes leading into places like Pilsen, for example. I know that they've historically had that issue. Pilsen, by the way, if you're not from the Chicagoland area, is a noted Chicago um, neighborhood, one of the over 77 neighborhoods that is in the city. Yeah. So I think you might be onto something. But on the other hand, I, I think <clears throat> given what the city has gone through and kind of promoting Lake Michigan and hopefully if they were able to turn this into a legitimate discussion about clean water and as a source for the city, they might be onto something. You know, I'm, I, I, I want to agree with you and, you know, I, I, I like the concept of, you know, if this is indeed what they want to do, but I would take away the word tap. No, no, no. Like, I actually admire the fact they do this. 
Because come on, how much of the water that we get in bottles is nothing more than fancy tap water anyway? At least you know what you're getting. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> lie to me. <laughs> so you want them not to tell you where it comes from. Yes, it could be tap water, <laughs> wink, wink. But just, you know, tell me it's like some purified, you know, from the waters of Lake Michigan, like as opposed to Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> right. It could be like, you know, Sididi, like, you know, if it comes out of a brewery, yeah, just go ahead and go ahead and lie to me. Trust me. You know, Chicago is always willing to be down with lies. You know what, though? I I, I, I can appreciate their honesty. And the way the ad campaign is, they're very honest. They're like, look, either you get it from us, you open your tap, or you get it from a hose. It's all the same. It's Chicago. I I love it that they're not selling it to us, but you know people would buy it. <laughs> I'm just saying, beige water ain't exactly a second. <laughs> it's not beige. I've seen people drink it on TV. <laughs> on TV. Well, you know what? I'm hoping to go into the city because we haven't been to the Winter Circle in a while. So maybe we can go and get our own can. And if we do, we will try it on the air. And Big Daddy's looking at me like, no, we're not trying life on the air. No. no I've no. had Chicago tap water plenty of times. It's fine. At least the ones I've drank. Yeah, I'm, I, like I said, I'm willing to purchase it. And I'm willing to, you know, help a, a good cause. Yeah. But I it's free. It's not purchased. They're just giving it out as promotion. Okay, and that's their second mistake. <laughs> Mass reduce that, you know, <laughs> make a little make a little change and help, you know, fund putting it together at you know, to help these lead pipe right. uh adjustments because this is what Chicago needs, amongst other things. I'm sorry, Chicago. Well, I, I wish them the best of luck in the campaign. I will put a link to the notes. If you haven't um checked out their Instagram page I'll put a link to the Instagram page as well because it is the artwork that they have on the cans are quite beautiful and it is reminiscent of the street art that you'll find in every neighborhood that sort of makes it unique. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that they did that. But yeah, um, I guess Big Daddy's saying he doesn't mind drinking it as long as you lie to him. <laughs> yeah, lie to me. I don't care if it's the exact same water. This guy. <laughs> If you literally, like, however it's packaged to me. Right. I don't care if it's exactly the, from, comes from the exact same place. It, I don't care if it really is tap water. Lie to me and say it's like purified drinking water and you'll get more people to drink it. <laughs> Even if it is, yes, from Chicago. <laughs> My accent is so horrible. Well, speaking of taste, um... This last story, I gotta say, it's my favorite story of all time that we've covered on the show. And we've covered some crazy hat stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cheez-Its, um, which, by the way, is one of my favorite snack crackers ever. She goes, uh, she goes after Cheez-Its like Cookie Monster. I'm serious. We're no longer allowed to buy Cheez-Its, because I could clear a box of Cheez-Its in, like, two days. It's embarrassing. <laughs> like, you come in, and you'll see the empty box on the dining room table, and you'll be like, 
We just bought this. You know the problem is cheeses are small and they're deceptively small, so you don't realize how much you're eating. And cheese is like crack to me, so I really like it. Uh, are, are, I'm just saying, are you in a uh, are you in a a recovery program? I am because we don't normally buy cheese. It's that said, I'm going to get this just so I can have it. Okay, but then I don't want to eat it because it's like a limited edition. I guess I'm just I'm intrigued because sometimes I don't even know because I'm not a Cheez-Its person, but sometimes a goober will have a box of Cheez-Its and she'll go through like two thirds of the box and then hand me the box and be like, take this away from me. Take this away from me. <laughs> Get rid of this. And, I'm and like, he has this look of confusion like, I, I don't understand your addiction. No, no. And then there comes this <laughs> moment like I will acquiesce and say, okay. Because I see the two-thirds of the box are gone. Right. And then I'll put it somewhere. And then, like, a little while later, she'll come at me like Pookie from New Jack City. <laughs> not Pookie from New Jack City. Like, Damn. Like, I'm not that bad. She's like, where's the box, man? <laughs> I'm, like, scratching myself. Yeah. I need another cheesy hit. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on with you? I'm like, don't you know crack is whack? And she's like... Where did you put your cheeses, man? One time I think she threatened me with a butter knife. I did not threaten you with a butter knife. Don't tell them that. Hey. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying. So, anyway. So anyway, <clears throat> Cheez-Its, um, my favorite snack, has developed a collaboration with, of all people, the streaming service Pandora to create what they call the first ever sonically aged cheese snack so the proper name of this snack is cheese it's by and pandora aged by audio crackers okay <laughs> so the idea behind this is that this is cheese it's which is made with real cheese and the cheese has been aged using exclusively a blend of hip-hop music. <laughs> okay. S radio silence. <laughs> you looked at me like, I this does not compute. Yes. So let me explain. So the idea of aging um, certain food items, like alcoholic beverages, is not particularly uncommon. So, for example... Um, there are several types of beer that have been aged to the sound of the Wu-Tang Clan, right? And Metallica actually has their own brand of whiskey with a patent-pending sonic enhancement system that, according to um, Food & Wine, is called Black Noise, okay? So this is actually a limited-run um promotional item to encourage people to eat more Cheez-Its, of course. Okay. So the brand actually cited a 2019 study from Bern University of the Arts in Switzerland that suggested that aging cheese to hip-hop can potentially um, strengthen the taste and smell of the cheese. So they got together with Pandora and they said, hey, we would like to find rap music similar to the songs 
that was used in this study. And the cheese used for the crackers were then aged to the tunes for six and a half months. And we can purchase the results later this month. I don't know if it's much. Month. <laughs> I keep saying much. I'm thinking about eating the Cheez-Its. So beginning on May 26th, you can actually go to Cheez-Its um, own online shop, which is cheeseshq.com, and I'll put the link in the notes. And you will be able to get your own box. And just so you know, um, they're not releasing what songs yet that was used as part of the aging process. What's going to happen is on May 26th, they're going to roll out a link to the playlist. But they are letting us know some of the artists that was used in the aging of the cheese. Okay. So including the artists were A Tribe Called Quest, LL Cool J, The Beastie Boys, and Snoop Dogg. Okay. Um, That's an eclectic group of artists. (laughs) Hip-hop. Hip-hop. I'm a big fan, but okay, I, I, I'm intrigued. Okay, so first of all, what do you think about this? I mean, do you? I I know that you are not a a fan of cheeses. I think we've already established that, but you do love hip hop so much so that my Christmas gift to you was actually this really great book called Contact High, which is. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's sort of like a coffee table book about the beginning of hip hop. And they have like hundreds of photos of all of these legends from Queen Latifah um, to um, Run DMC and beyond. Yeah, sure. In their early days. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, we're talking about like from the, from the origins of hip hop, you know, all the way I guess to you know the mid two thousands and maybe a little forward. Um, yeah, it gave a great um, anthology and you know photos that you know unguarded photos of people in places that you wouldn't have expected. But it was actually kind of cool. I, I very much appreciate the Goober for uh, introducing me to that. Now back to the story. I mean, I'm intrigued by the artist. I guess I'm more intrigued by the process and how the cheeses, how they're affected by, you know, the playing of this music. Well, I think the way they do it is as they're going through the aging process, it's actually they're playing a steady stream of hip hop. So the vibrations, I mean, I'm pretty sure... It doesn't, I mean, it's cheese, right? So it doesn't really know lyrically the difference between a world tour um, from A Tribe Called Quest to Mama Said Lock You Out by LL Cool J. But I think it's the different beats that are affecting the stages in which the cheese ages. And it's overall um, playing into that. I guess I'm intrigued because you would go from like something... Like, I guess, like, some old school, like, tribe, like, you know, I left my wallet in El Segundo, <laughs> which kind of has that, like, you know, kind of, you know, nice nice little rhythm, nice little underground, so, you know, with the little herb feel. Then you have, like, you know, Mama's to Knock You Out or Future of the Funk, like, you know, type LL, you know, of course, then, like, the frenetic pace of the Beastie Boys and, like, their 
I guess it was almost like techno or rock hard edge beat. And then you would go all the way over to like Snoop Dogg, which is like, I mean, it's a totally different vibe, you know. And then, of course, if you think about Snoop and <clears throat> the things that the cooking that Snoop Dogg does, I'm thinking, man, I, I might get contact high from eating, the, you know, the cheese off that. Okay, now it's important to know Snoop is not involved with any of this or the other people, just the music, okay? Right. So I imagine no one's toking around the cheese, first of all. We all know that. <laughs> but then second of all, that does bring up a good point, right? Because with someone like Snoop Dogg, he's had a very wide career. So what version of Snoop Dogg are you playing, right? Are you playing, you know, Murder Was the Case That They Gave Me Snoop Dogg? Mm. Are you playing gospel album Snoop Dogg? Or are you playing Uncle Snoop where, um, you know, some of that music that, um, knock it like it's, drop it like it's hot Snoop? Yeah. Because like, all of that is, like, completely different. Like, what's my name or, like, no G thing <laughs> or, like, you know. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember his name. I'm trying to remember the name of the song he did with uh, Uncle Charlie Wilson. Exactly. Yeah. So, depending on what that is, I imagine you would get a much different style of cheese. It's right. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I'm just intrigued by the beat. I'm like, are we going with like a bass beat? Are we going with like you no know, technical, like, like you no know, drop beats? You know, are we going with like a Dre beat, or are we going with like you know, like a P. Diddy Puff beat. You know, I guess I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I guess in my mind, I'm kind of going all over the place. Like, we're talking like a Def Jam type, you know, <laughs> you know, underground I, beat. I'm not really sure they're getting all deep into that. But you know what? They could be. Because going back to, for example, the example I gave earlier with Wu-Tang. Yeah. And, you know, and researching the story, because we normally... We usually, just to kind of tell you guys how the sausage is made on the podcast, before we actually um, go on mic, even though a lot of the stuff that you hear is totally unscripted, and I mean totally unscripted, okay? Yeah, I'm making it up. <laughs> but we do do some research in the stories that we cover, and I guess Wu-Tang and beer has had a long Relationships. So, for example, there is a company out of Philadelphia that is called the Dock Street Brewing Company, and they developed back in 2015 something that's called um, Ain't Nothing to Funk With. <laughs> and it was a Wu Tin inspired golden ale that was developed by being um, aged um, in six months in a barrel. With a Wu Tang Clan Spotify playlist rocking nonstop. Well, I can hear you know, as you know, you can hear like you know the beer hops being influenced by hip hop, and I could I could hear like you know the different melodies like kind of punch in and out with like that that kind of funky little I guess like Wu Tang Shaolin beat you know kind of overtaking it. I mean, I guess it, because it's Renee too in parts. That yeah, I could maybe see it. Yeah, so it's not a new idea, although I'm not a beer drinker, but I am intrigued by the idea of drinking something that's been aged or developed to the 36 chambers. I, I think that would just be completely dope. Yeah, and then, of course, I know we, like, just before we came on, like, when you first brought this to my attention, 
you know, we were talking about the meats, right? Yeah. And I was asking you because Big Daddy, even though I do most of the cooking in the house, mm. when it comes to cooking like big meats, like smoking things, that's more your more your expertise. And so I was asking you, like, would you do something similar? Like if you dry aged some ragu or something or, you know, if in cooking and smoking, like if you had a chance to smoke something for several days, like really break it down. Like what would be on your playlist? Would you do that? Well, I guess my first question to that would be like, this is almost like, do you have McDonald's money? Like, do I have wiggle money? <laughs> well, if enough of you subscribe to the newsletter, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you want to, you know, I'm going to burn my hand. Yeah, <laughs> Just I'm talking to, to the stand. audience there. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but no, um, I guess in terms of like the playlist, I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't use hip hop. I'm sorry. I'm thinking like, you know, in terms of like, well, dead meat, uh, first and foremost, is, am I going to start punching the meat, like tenderizing it, like, you know, to the theme of Rocky? Probably not. But <laughs> like I was telling the goober, like if I'm smoking... <laughs> Some meats. I need some good, slow, casual, sexy, you know, I'm having inappropriate discussions with my meat. Okay, this sounds disturbing. Yes, I am. <laughs> but no. Should we put like an explicit radio on this episode? No, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it too dirty. <laughs> that's but, you know, a very white play. That's right. In the background, I'm like, I'm going to have some, some Luther Vandross, like, you know, never too much, never too much. Matter of fact, I'm gonna have some Teddy P. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna bring out like you know some good old old school like. You're gonna have like some Marvin Gaye play. That's right. That's bring out some Marvin Gaye. <laughs> wait a minute. I wait a minute. I got it. Not I'm gonna Shade. play the Eyes of the Brothers. No. That's right. I'm smoking my meat to Eyes of the Brothers. So I'm gonna come in and if I hear between the sheets. <laughs> it's either like a romantic night for us, or you smoking some meat. <laughs> That's right. Drifting on a memory. <laughs> There's no place I'd rather be. <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, I might make some. I might have. I might get into this beer thing myself. Wait a minute. Can I, wait a minute, can I get some cheeses? Wait a minute. I'm, I might oh have my to start, God. I might start a little, little side hustle of my own. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I'm going to make some crackers. <laughs> I'm going to make my own like Ritz crackers. You know? <laughs> I got some ideas here. Um, <laughs> you know, I I think this is the first time I've introduced the story that I'm almost sorry I did now. <laughs> yeah, you can't pull it back now. <laughs> You have planted the seed, <laughs> and now I'm about to take it and run with it. Okay, I I, I see I see what you're going. In. I'm gonna come home from doing groceries or pick up groceries or something, and I'm gonna hear knocking the boots, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, is he with this meat again?" <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, so I'm gonna take some ribs, and we're gonna be like. <laughs> I'm going to be playing some, like, just some, like, silk. 
Okay, this is too disturbing now. Why don't we take a break? <laughs> In my bedroom. <laughs> wow, so close after our anniversary. That that's Yeah, boy. Yeah. What happened to your marriage? You said irreconcilable differences. Uh he he got a little too close to the brisket. That's right. <laughs> Hold my hand now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're gonna take a break, <laughs> and when we come back, we will talk about <clears throat> the best thing we ate this week. <laughs> if the gourmet goober can recover, <laughs> so you're listening to the gourmet goober podcast. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Batshuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us in Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt, and, and let's, let's get, get dark. dark. Hey, I'm JJ Outlaw. Hi, it's T. Outlaw. And we are back with the last segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. This is when we review the best thing we ate this week. Um, so this covers everything from recipes that we make at home to restaurant um, grub that we pick out when we're out and about. But as always, we share it with you in the hopes that you can enjoy it yourself. Now, if anything that we mention today tickles your fancy, just know you can always hit the show notes in the show and find out where to get it. And um, we want to hear from you, listeners, as what's the best thing you ate this week. So just hit us up, send us a quick email at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com, and maybe we will share your choice on the show. So as always, we start this segment with Big Daddy. Da, 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 da. That's me. <laughs> so tell me, what's the best thing you ate since the last time we were on the mic? Okay, I'm going to start this up with this story. This is almost like, you know, Eddie Murphy doing like uh, <laughs> an impersonation of Bill Cosby. So I'm going to tell you a story. Maybe Bill Cosby's not a good choice. But Just I'm say. doing Eddie Murphy impersonating <laughs> Bill Cosby, so I figured that was my can, way of covering it up. Could you just do you doing Eddie Murphy with all the cussing? No. <laughs> Not that there's nothing wrong, anything wrong with us. We swear all the time. It's just we're working on the project that I'm we, working on my Christianity. <laughs> we're trying to be nice for a project that we're working on, yeah. and that's all we're saying. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a story. Filth, blarn, blarn, filth. Really? Yes. Anyway, so the story goes like this. So on Friday. May 
13th. <laughs> I'm very specific because it was Friday the 13th. I just happened to randomly say to the goober at a certain point, no, she reminded me that it was Friday the 13th, you know. Yes, that and we should leave out milk and cookies for Jason. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this isn't Christmas. So we're not going to get crazy about some milk and cookies. But no, I said, okay, uh, okay, we can do some milk and cookies. Or I remember a few times that during the Friday the 13th occasions, that there would be one of our favorite little bakeries over in Valparaiso happens to um, turn around and do their little um, expression in honor, homage to Friday the 13th by making up little cupcakes and or other pastries to represent the movie Friday the 13th. With Jason Voorhees' face on it. With George, Jason Voorhees' <laughs> face on it and or... I guess they had a new wrinkle with uh, Camp Crystal Lake on part Oh, of it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> They're fabulous. <laughs> so anyway, this has nothing to do with the best night this week. No. I'm always a big fan. Designer deserves in Valparaiso. Uh, they also have a uh, another another uh, place in Cherubil. But this is about, about the Valparaiso area. Anyway, so the Goober and I take this little trip. And uh, we hit up uh, Lincoln Highway... Uh, in Valparaiso, grab our favorite little cupcakes, and you know, for me, I always like to get my cookie, cause you know, I love them cookies. And oddly enough, the goober happened to notice this random little shop or a little restaurant, like maybe a couple doors down. It was called, unless I'm wrong, Smoke Town Blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just happened to be this random little spot that. Having to be a couple doors down from the design desserts. So the goober says, huh, this is new. Uh, used to be another restaurant. Huh, you know, we're hangry. So let's go in and see what they have. So we walk in. And oddly enough, they just, I mean, literally just opened. Right. And we're like, uh, so what can we do? And I mean, like at this point, they were still doing like, carry out and or delivery mm-hmm. okay they hadn't yet opened for dining that was this week right so we were like okay you know we feel bad you know that we're you know in your spot plus we were like we came in a little earlier than like the opening time right it was after three and we came in or, it, it was opens at four. four right yeah. and we came in about three but the the staff there was extremely nice to us and they're like well, you know, uh, I guess since you're here for, you know, a, a, we can, you know, do a carryout order for you. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, guess we'll, uh, we'll see what you have on your little, on your menu. So I, uh, had a sandwich called a primetime, uh, beef brisket sandwich. And they have a nice selection of sauces. And so I, uh, I picked that up. Goober picked up, uh, I believe it was a pulled pork sandwich. Right. Um, and to make a long story short, brought it home, uh, dove into it, and you know how I am about my briskets. Uh, you know, I'm 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 very particular. Not saying I'm I'm a master or anything like that, but you know, I like to try my briskets. And I'm saying this was uh, it was a pretty dis- decent brisket sandwich from you know Valparaiso, Indiana. I'm not saying it was like supremely smoked. 
Like, I'm not saying it was, like, top class, but, you know, for what was, uh, what was there, you know, I was actually pleasantly surprised. It was actually a neat, clean sandwich. I mean, it had the right amount of meat to ratio of bread. It had, like, an onion ring topping. And the sauce was actually really good. Now, granted, I'm a big fan of, you know, going, like, doing a good brisket without sauce. But the sauce actually was a great accentuation. I'm sorry, a great, like, you know, um, compliment. And I think the, mine was more kind of a, it was kind of a homemade, mm, I want to say like a homemade kind of jack. Um, it was a Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, it was a ten Tennessee whiskey, kind of like a Jack Daniels type, but it was kind of it was more homemade, and it actually had like a really nice like set of notes to it, and it really you know helped out, and or you know lifted up like you know the flavor of the brisket, and I have to honestly say it was the best thing I ate this week. Yay! Woo woo! Let me just take a moment to give a shout out to Maria and the rest of the team at Smoketown Blues. Because when we say we came in hella early, we didn't even realize. We, we're so storks. We just walked in and we didn't even notice the sign clearly said open at four, right? And it was after three. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, it's totally no problem. She started the grill. She got us something to drink. She topped us off. Um, with that, um, like you said, I got the um, pulled pork, as well as they had something called smack and cheese instead of mac and cheese. The smack and cheese was cheese, uh, mac and cheese that was flavored, um, that was hit up with some ghost pepper cheese. And let me tell you, that stuff was good. Crazy good. And you know I'm a mac and cheese aficionado. Yes, right? you are. <laughs> So what I say is good mac and cheese is good mac and cheese. And I liked it. Um, and also my um, my sauces. And she said she makes all the sauces from scratch. My sauce was like this cherry chipotle with real cherries in it. How delicious is that? And I tried a, a bit of the brisket. And oh my gosh, that brisket was next level good. Now, let me just say, if Big Daddy is very tough on brisket, like, I I don't know where he gets his, like, supreme <laughs> taste of brisket, but when he says it's a good brisket, it's a good brisket. Yeah. He, he is extremely picky. So, he shocked me when he said this was, like, the best thing you ate this week, because, like I said, you're, like, hard on and stuff. There's, like, Celebrity Chef whose briskets he's tried. That Big Daddy was not a fan of. No, no, it was not. <laughs> There's one in particular that's based out of Chicago who will not go named, but this person is on television every weekend, and we give him the stink eye when we see him. I am offended by your sauce. Because <laughs> his sauce was awful. It was like runny and didn't have a lot of flavor. But yeah, um, compliments to Mariah and her team because her sauces were next level. Now, to be fair, I didn't try the Tennessee whiskey one because you said that had real whiskey and 
Yeah. For people who've listened to the show, you know that I have this like weird genetic thing that I cannot handle any alcohol whatsoever. But I did want to try it because it smells so good. But yeah, it did have a good smell to it. And let me be clear. I'm not saying 100% certainty that they're serving you like alcohol through the sauce, but it definitely from the the taste, like it definitely, you can tell that they really tried to replicate the Tennessee whiskey type flavor. And it almost tasted like, yeah, they took a little bit of whiskey and tried to cook it through the sauce and most of it cooked out to my knowledge. But yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty damn good and i would also like to say for the record also to the people that work there the staff oh they were really really nice to us we, oh, they, didn't have they to were be. amazing oh my god so if you're in valparaiso indiana two things one dude get the over to designer desserts they have the best cupcakes on the planet <laughs> bar none <laughs> I love them. They're totally nice. And if you're there on any Friday the 13th, get the Jason Voorhees cupcake. They change it up every year. Oh my God. One year, remember, they had like a little knife <laughs> and you cut open and like, like red jam came out to look like blood. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a horror geek, so I love it, <laughs> but cannot recommend them enough. That said, apparently Myra also bakes cakes and she was showing us cakes um, that she has done in the past and they look crazy good so we're gonna have to check them out okay and this is from the smokehouse right okay but yeah definitely i'm so glad that you chose them because i almost chose them as the best thing i ate this week and i have to say their smoketown blues is definitely one of the better barbecue um places that i've had since moving to northwest indiana yeah it was a good spot yeah so congratulations to them and like I said, I'll put all the information in the show notes. And yeah, definitely go check them out because they are brand new. And I think they're just opening up their dining service this week. So for me, the best thing I ate this week actually, um, believe it or not, came from Gino's Steakhouse in Maryville. Really? Where we went for our anniversary. Yeah. It's our anniversary. <laughs> Just you and me. <laughs> yeah, Gina's is kind of like a local legend in our area. How long have they been around? They've been around for a while, right? Oh. Um, Steakhouse? Hmm. Didn't you tell me they used to be there when you were younger and lived in the area? I mean, maybe not in that specific location. Because I remember there was, a, there was another uh, property there. I want to believe it was like a random bar. That was there before Gino's Steakhouse moved in, but um, they became very popular. Like once Gino moved in, but yeah, the Steakhouse is a uh, is very. It was excellent. I cannot recommend a couple of their steaks. Great deal. I mean, we paid money, but <laughs> they were damn good steaks. Yeah. Well, the thing with Gino's, um, they're open for lunch and dinner. Um, I had, gosh, what did I have? I had their 24, um, ounce bone in ribeye steak. Man, I paid for a 24 ounce bone in ribeye. Uh, yeah, you did. All right. <laughs> it, it was 
amazing. I, I, I ordered mine, um, I ordered mine medium like I normally do. It was cooked to perfection. It was wonderfully seasoned. It came with this ginormous, tasty, um, caramelized whole onion, which was crazy because usually when you get caramelized onions, they're like the little ones. Yeah. No, this was like a giant full caramelized onion. I was shocked. And then I got what was known as the double baked potatoes, um, which had cheese and bacon. And it was, every bite was just amazing. But yeah, that steak, that steak was the steak that I woke up <laughs> dreaming of. I literally, I'm not kidding. I wasn't able to finish it because, you know, it was 24 ounces, but. And when I went to bed that night, I wound up dreaming about the steak. I'm not even kidding. You were dreaming about the steak. I was dreaming about the steak. So much so that I got up and I skipped breakfast. I just had steak for breakfast. But <laughs> yes, I did it. Okay. And I do it again. <laughs> you did not have cereal and Crocs. <laughs> no, I had steak. <laughs> steak and double baked potato for breakfast. Okay. And I admit that without shame. And the then Google? I finished it off with the cup, the other cupcake. <laughs> the Google was uh, putting in work early in the morning. You know, I'm a grown ass woman. I can eat what I want for breakfast. <laughs> that guess... morning, I wanted that. <laughs> guess so. <laughs> but seriously, it. You know, you know how you mentioned earlier. You know how you have like a good brisket. You can eat it without sauce. Yes. You know, you have a really primo steak when you don't need anything on it like steak sauce or anything it's just perfect on its own and i have to say the steaks at gino's steakhouse it's well worth the money so you know what that actually makes a very good point i have i'm not like a huge huge steak person but i gotta admit if you have a really good steak in your repertoire as a restaurant and you put steak sauce on the table then I'm leaving not to, in any way the Gino's did this they did not but I gotta admit you know a good steak never requires steak sauce of any kind yes and this was an incredible steak so it was a wonderful dinner everyone there treated us just so incredibly well. The staff is there. I do have to let you know, if you go on a Friday or Saturday night, they build in the gratuity. Um, so that's something to consider depending on where you go. Um, when you go, rather. Okay. But yes, the um, steakhouse, um, the Gino Steakhouse in Merrillville, Indiana, is now one of my new faves. All righty, cool. Now I'm in them. <laughs> Now I know where you know where my money goes. <laughs> you were there, didn't you? Like your steak? I did. I had a New York strip. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, except mine was well done. No, actually, it was medium well. Yes, and I was very proud of you for doing that. You didn't nuke it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm not. I finished mine because I'm not a quitter. That is true. Yeah. I, I guess I'm proud of you for that. No, I, I, I mean, nothing against it. Like, <laughs> if you put, like, a 24-ounce steak in front of me, yeah, I probably would have a problem finishing it also. But at the same time, I'm like, my mama told me a long time ago, if somebody puts a really good, you know, piece of meat in front of you, you know, 
sometimes this ain't as good later. So you just do your best to finish that steak as soon as you get it, as warm as you get it, and, you know, put in the work. Because, you know, a good steak is worth the wait. <laughs> well, on that note, let me just take an opportunity to say thank you for listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. Big Daddy, where can they catch you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at T-Outlaw. That's T-O-U-T-L-A-W. And on Instagram at T-Outlaw Jolie. <laughs> Jolie? I cannot believe I screwed that up. <laughs> I never screwed up. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tiala Chelsea Wells. Yes. And for me, JJ Outlaw, you can always find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. Please be sure to visit the Gourmet Goober at Gmail. Or no, send us a line <laughs> at the Gourmet Goober at gmail.com and Visit thegourmetgoober.com where you can do everything from um, check out our Goober swag to support the podcast to signing up for our newsletter, Gooberland, which will drop later this year. So on behalf of Big Daddy and I, we definitely want to say thank you for listening. We're so super excited because hopefully we'll have some news in the mix for you too. But in the meantime, until we... You listen to us again. Happy eating.